We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast, and of course. Please make sure to subscribe if you have not already. It was a fairly slow news day, at least from a Packers side of things on Tuesday. Not a ton going on. A couple quick updates. We did get a contract detail on Tarvarius Moore. It is a one-year deal. Gets him a little bit over a million, but due to a salary cap benefit for veteran players, Green Bay will pay him less than one million on the salary cap, just barely 990000 He gets a $50,000 signing bonus. And basically what that means is while Tervarius Moore is a free agent signing for Green Bay right now, he will absolutely have to earn his way onto the roster in training camp. And that is by no means a guarantee that he makes the team this upcoming season. It, like that's a, a contract that you're just like, you know, if you're Tavarius Morin, is it like you're begging Green Bay to sign it, right? Like, I don't know why you wouldn't try that if you're Green Bay. Like I said, he was a high-end athlete coming out of college. Didn't do much in San Francisco as a defender, but certainly was a key part of their special teams. Key part might be a little bit aggressive, but he was one of their core special teams players for a while. And this is a player that fits Green Bay's threshold. So maybe you see if he comes in. I always think it's interesting when a player like this it goes to another team for the first time because there's always that possibility that they go to another team and something just clicks. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be the the new team. It could be that they're on their third or fourth team. We've seen that with Razul Douglas. We've seen that with Devondre Campbell. You know, we saw Keyshawn Nixon on his second contract. We saw Rudy Ford last year. So this has been a little bit of an MO for Brian Gutekunst and these Green Bay Packers is finding these guys who have some athletic traits that are desirable, bringing them in as maybe special 
teams performers or a guy that you can bring in to compete for a roster spot and they get a new fresh start and they make the most of it and it's worked out pretty darn well. Whether or not that happens with Trevarius Moore remains to be seen. In all likelihood, it probably doesn't. But at that contract, for a $50,000 signing bonus, like there is very, very minimal downside to making that signing. So you give him a flyer in camp. If he works out, awesome. If he's ready to play and be on the 53 this year, awesome. And if not, you know, it's 50000 gone, no harm, no foul. So he is definitely going to have to be somebody who earns his way onto the roster and just really, really like that contract from a Packers side of things because the risk is insanely, insanely minimal. Meanwhile, tight end Darnell Washington from Georgia visits the Green Bay Packers. And this is one of those topics where for a while it got completely overblown. Like, oh my goodness, who, which of the rookies is visiting the Packers? Like this is a big deal. And it wasn't because Green Bay basically used all of those visits as smoke screens. They used them as two different things for a while. They used them as smoke screens or they used them for very late round picks in basically undrafted free agent guys. And it was basically their pitch to undrafted free agents to say, hey, if you don't get drafted, come here. We want you. We're showing interest in you. Most other teams are not bringing in you know, potential undrafted guys for their limited amount of visits that they can have with the team. So Green Bay was bringing those guys in as basic, like basically making a sales pitch to those guys. So if they didn't get drafted, they would be like, oh, I want to go to Green Bay. They showed a lot of interest in me. They cared about me. They wined and dined me, etc. I want to go there. So they used it as two things. Like I said, a smoke screen on early players. And they did, you know, a lot of times go after some of those guys, either late in the drafter as un undrafted guys, and they use that as a tool. But with Brian Gutekinds, and as of late, as Zach Cruz has pointed out and kept very close track of, they have used these visits for players that they are very much interested in. And as I sit here today, and a lot can change over the next month-ish, I really think there is a very strong chance that Darnell Washington ends up a Green Bay Packer. We know their love of Georgia Bulldogs. It would be crazy if they drafted another one, really the fourth straight guy in three years in the first round, potentially, if they were to take him in the first, that would be from Georgia, going back to Eric Stokes, and then Wyatt and Walker last year, and then potentially Darnell Washington this year. You could have Nolan Smith as well. That's another option. You could have uh, the offensive tackle, uh, Broderick Jones, as another option. So there are some real legitimate Bulldogs that could hit in that range that they could go four for four in their last four first round picks with Georgia Bulldogs. Now you could say the jury is still very, very out on Stokes and Wyatt and Walker, and your mileage may vary as to whether or not you actually want a Georgia Bulldog as a first round pick again at this point. But I do think it's very possible What's like one of the very first things that you want to give a young quarterback, you know, that who's making his first real starts in the league? You want to give him that security blanket over the middle of the field. And I will say, keep an eye out for Josiah DeGuar this year because Jordan Love has had a propensity for throwing to Josiah DeGuar. And I do think that's going to be one of those security blankets. But what more do you want than a freak athlete, 6'7", tight end who can work a variety of levels of the field? Probably not too much of a deep threat, but is a really, really interesting player. I know some people have compared him to Gronk. I just think he's a more athletic Mercedes Lewis. He can help you in the run game. He can help you in the passing game. He is a force multiplier. He helps everything. And like I said, he gives you that thing that you really, really want for your young quarterback. And that's a, like, all right, I'm like panicked in the pocket. I'm, I'm still a little bit new to this whole thing. Oh, that's right. I have a six, 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 seven tight end in the middle of the field that I can just, you know, throw it to. And he's going to box whoever is on him out and just go up and make a play. That's a pretty decent security blanket to have if I'm a young quarterback, right? So as we're sitting here today, 
I do think that Darnell Washington is a very strong possibility for Green Bay. They need to replace Mercedes Lewis. They need a ton of help at the tight end position. You want to give Jordan Love somebody he can trust at that spot. They love their Georgia Bulldogs. They love their freak athletes. There's a lot of things that start coming together that would lead you in the direction of Darnell Washington. So like I said, a lot of things could change, but Darnell Washington, a real possibility. He visits with the Packers uh, on Tuesday as well, or did visit with them on Tuesday. All right, that gets us to our main topic for today. And yes, I don't think I'm going to win any Webbies with today's topic. It's not anything that's of a major concern for the Packers as we move forward this upcoming season, but it is worth noting that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a New York Jet. Jordan Love is going to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. The only other quarterback that you have on your roster is Danny Etling. And Green Bay, in some capacity, is going to need to go out and get a legitimate backup quarterback. Now, we don't know exactly how they feel about Danny Etling. Maybe they feel really good about Danny Etling. That would seem a little bit aggressive to me, but maybe they have more faith in Etling than we know. So maybe they're just like, hey, Love's going to be the one. Etling's you know, going to be the two. Maybe we bring in a couple undrafted free agents or a late draft pick, but we think Etling can be the two, maybe that's possible. I don't think that that's the case. And at minimum, I think they're going to want some significant competition at that spot. But in all likelihood, they are going to want a legitimate number two to come in and back up Jordan Love for this upcoming season. They need a backup quarterback at this point. You might be thinking, all right, this is a backup quarterback. Why are we talking about a backup quarterback? I don't care what if it's a backup or not. The quarterback position in Green Bay is an iconic position. And I don't care if it is Tim Boyle or Kirk Benkert. I don't care if it's Steve Bono, Kyle Wachholz, Jim McMahon. You know, we can go Vince Young, Mark Brunel, Matt Hasselbeck, Aaron Brooks, Kurt Warner, Ronnie Makeda. I'm, some of these guys I might be saying twice, Achilles Smith, like Jim McMahon, I, I, all of these guys, right? I don't care who it is. There have been a litany of Packers quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks over the years. And we always get excited for these backup quarterbacks. And sometimes it amounts to much ado about nothing. Sometimes it's really fun. You get a huge trade with Matt Hasselbeck. Aaron Brooks becomes a starter with the Saints. Kurt Warner becomes the Hall of Famer. I know he was just a training camp guy, but like some of these become very fun stories. And while basically Aaron Rodgers and Matt, you know Brett Favre were Iron men, they didn't get injured very often. Rogers had a little bit more clearly than than Favre did, and you didn't see a lot of these guys. You had some Scott Tolzines mixed in, some Seneca Wallaces. The the backup quarterback is whether it's a backup or not. The quarterback position in in Green Bay is always iconic. You always remember those backup quarterbacks, and you never know when they're gonna, you're going to need them, and you never know when maybe one hits out of nowhere. You never know when you're going to get a seventh rounder like Brock Purdy. You never know when you're going to get a sixth rounder like a Tom Brady. You never know when someone's going to come out of nowhere like a Kurt Warner and be an arena football guy and go on to win an MVP. It is the most important position in sports, and you know what? Sometimes the backup quarterback becomes the starting quarterback pretty quick. And sometimes those guys make a insane, surprising impact that you never expected. And right now we're in a situation where Green Bay is going to have to add to that roster. And that's always fun. Green Bay is going to add a quarterback to this team. And that's always exciting in some capacity. So today I want to go over some names that could make sense of quarterbacks that could end up in Green Bay as backups to Jordan Love this upcoming season. 
let's rewind first of all to when Aaron Rodgers first became a starter because Green Bay went in a very interesting direction when that happened. They did not go the veteran route. You would have expected them at that point to be like, all right, Aaron is a first-time starter. Yes, he's been here a few years, but we probably want some sort of veteran backup to be able to, you know, maybe put his arm around him and walk him through some different scenarios and those sort of things. That was not the case. Instead, they go out and they get a second round pick in Brian Brom, a, a choice that surprised a lot of people. I think it was Steve Young on the draft uh, set of ESPN who was like going off on the Packers for you know drafting Brian Brom, not because of drafting Brian Brom, but because of like what it would do for Aaron's psyche and those sort of things. Well, Brian Brom complete bust. Aaron was just fine. He turned out okay. And then in the seventh round of that same draft, they go double down and get another quarterback in Matt Flynn, who very quickly beat out Brian Brown. Brian Brown was out of the league in no time. Matt Flynn became the backup, threw six touchdown passes in a game, and the rest was history. Goes on to Seattle before Russell Wilson beats him out. And like I said, the, the, the rest of Matt Flynn, we could go over on another day on another episode. But that's what happened when Aaron was taking over as the first-time starter. And in hindsight, you know what? Aaron already plays with a chip on his shoulder, right? Immediately making him the starter and then going out and getting an early second round pick in Brian Brown just to be like, hey, just so you know, you know, we're still going to make you like earn this thing. I'm sure that the chip was uh, even bigger at that point. That probably motivated him even more and Brian being a bust, uh, whatever. But it ended up all working out well, but that's what they did in that specific situation. So the Packers, meanwhile, are in a similar situation right now. As mentioned, they don't really have a viable backup that we know of on the roster. And you kind of want to look at what the job description for this position should be this upcoming year. So here's what I would say if I was writing a job description for the open Green Bay Packers backup quarterback spot, this is what I would be writing it as. All right, number one, you want someone who's at least competent, you would think. Like that would seem like a good thing. You could make an argument. You can make an argument. Let's let's just say like Danny Etling's the backup, right? You could make the argument that if Jordan would go down, maybe it's just best to have a guy that's not super competent and you're just going to draft super early next year. Like if Jordan just goes down, it's just a gone season anyway. You're not doing anything. Do you just want do you just want the the pure F minus at that point and compete for that first overall pick or whatever? It, you're probably not going anywhere. You could make the argument I think you will always want at least some sort of competent backup quarterback in case Jordan Love's season's going well. Maybe he misses two or three games and you want to be able to continue to compete in those couple games. You would you would always like competence, right? That, that seems like a bare minimum for a backup quarterback, some level of competence. Number two, you would ideally like some sort of veteran who, and I know I just went the opposite direction in telling you what happened with Aaron Rodgers, but ideally you would like some vet who can still be some sort of mentor to Jordan Love. And I do think the mentor thing gets a little bit overblown because that's what the coaches are for. That's what they're for is to put their arm around the guy and teach them what to do in that situation. I do think with the quarterback position, especially as a lot of times it's the backup quarterback that's preparing the starter for the upcoming week and making sure that they know the the calls and the checks and quizzing them and those sort of things. I do think having a vet makes a lot of sense for Jordan this upcoming year, especially as he's going through those first-time starter ebbs and flows and learning some of those what I would consider still rookie mistakes, even though he's not a rookie. I do think having a vet in the room could really help Jordan out, at least this upcoming season. If next year you wanted to go and just get another really young guy as a backup, I totally would get that. This year, I do think it makes some sense to have somebody in the room who's experienced this before. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number three, they also have to be basically dirt cheap. You could spend some money on a backup, but this is a team that is desperate for salary cap space right now. They have almost none. And do you really want like the one contract that you can go out and give this year to be on your backup quarterback? I don't think so. I think you want this to be on the very cheap side and there will be some options out there. So I don't think that you want to actually go out and spend money on this player. Yes, it'd be nice to have a veteran, but I don't necessarily know that you need to have like a really good veteran backup for Jordan at this point. I think you just need uh, ideally some sort of veteran who's competent, who also happens to be very, very cheap. Next up is you don't necessarily want a guy that is pressuring Jordan or that fans are calling for being like, put in that guy because Jordan had one bad throw in one game or whatever. He's going to make some poor decisions. He's going to make some bad throws. You don't want all of a sudden the crowd being like, put in whoever it is as the backup. Like, let's just say it's Marcus Mariota, right? Let's just say it's Marcus and who has was a former first round pick and maybe made a couple of spectacular plays in preseason. The first time Jordan makes a mistake, everyone's going to be like, put in Marcus Mariota, put in Mariota, etc. I don't think you want the guy that fans are super excited about, you know, that's sitting on the sideline so that when Jordan makes those mistakes, they all of a sudden turn on Jordan and maybe want to go in a different direction. So somebody that's not super known and, and excited about and pressuring Jordan that the fans immediately want to turn on the first sign of any trouble whatsoever. And then last but not least is, do they have any potential upside? Do they have anything where if all of a sudden Jordan does go down and you put this player in, is there any upside left with them that, hey, that guy's playing pretty darn well. I didn't think he could do that. Like, could it, could there still be some upside there? For example, Matt Ryan is a, a quarterback that's out there. There's no upside left with Matt Ryan. You know exactly what Matt Ryan is. It's not like all of a sudden Matt Ryan's going to turn it back on and be like, oh, MVP Matt Ryan is back. No, you know what's done and over with, with, with Matt Ryan. Brian Hoyer, that's probably another example, right? Brian Hoyer has been, bless Brian Hoyer's soul. He's been a journeyman backup quarterback. He's made a ton of money doing so. And it's at times looked like a semi-competent backup. There's no upside with Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer's not going to come in and all of a sudden start slinging the ball around and you're like, oh, didn't see an MVP season from Brian Hoyer. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So there's, you could, could you find somebody who has some upside still available? So let's go through some of these veteran quarterbacks who are still free agents. And that's part of the issue here is that a lot of this backup quarterback market has been picked over by a lot of teams already. So let's go over some free agents and say why or why not that they could or could not make sense in some capacity. Number one, let's go for Carson Wentz. 
Carson Wentz, one of the bigger names on the market, released, not a free, he's a street free agent, not an unrestricted free agent. So no comp pick value or anything like that. The issue is Carson's been pretty bad. The other issue is as a backup quarterback, probably looking for not cheap money, right? So to me, this is not a deal that makes sense. There's maybe a small sliver of upside there. He was, uh, you know, almost a, was he MVP? Either almost MVP or was MVP. I forget which one it was. I know he got hurt that year and they won the Super Bowl with Foles that year. Can't remember if he won it or not, but was in the conversation, you know, prior to getting hurt, looked phenomenal. And then has really never been the same since. The issue here, he says had multiple opportunities with the commanders. He's had opportunities with the Colts and it just has not worked out. So to me, based on price and everything else, Carson Wentz probably doesn't make sense. We talked about Matt Ryan already. A, probably going to price his way out of Green Bay. Not sure he's going to be willing to take a backup role. Probably wants to compete for a starting job somewhere. Probably puts a little bit too much pressure where if anything happens to Jordan, people start clamoring to put in Matt Ryan. He does know, you know, Matt LaFleur. He's worked with Matt LaFleur in the past. So you do have a little bit of a connection there. I just don't think from a pricing and everything else standpoint that that makes sense. If you can get him super cheap, okay, I don't hate it, but that's probably not the direction I would go in. All right, next up is Teddy Bridgewater. This is another situation where he probably just prices himself out of Green Bay. He would be a really nice backup to have. I don't think there's any question about that. He could be a player who comes in and, you know, if you have a four-game stretch, he could go two and two. I don't necessarily know that fans are clamoring for Teddy Bridgewater. There could be some that are still out there that are like, hey, give me give me Bridgewater if, if Love is struggling a little bit. But at the end of the day, I do think he probably ends up getting a little bit more money on the open market than you know what Green Bay is probably willing to pay for a backup quarterback at this point. So not and there's just not a ton of upside there either with Teddy. So I would say pass on Teddy. Mason Rudolph, a little bit of an interesting one. So this is a player who has some starting experience, is 28 still in July. One year cheap deal would be my guess. I don't think he's getting more than 2 million on the open market at the very most. He was demoted to the third quarterback last year behind Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Now he did have... Uh, you know, the opportunity to work with Kenny Pickett. And I'm, I don't know, I, I can't say for certain that he you know, put his arm around Kenny and was a huge piece in Kenny becoming a, a decent starter towards the end of last year. But he did have some experience working with a young quarterback last year in Pittsburgh. And I do think like, if you look at his PFF grades, he had a 74.2 grade in 2021, 75.4 grade in 2020. Now those are like 100, less than 100 snaps, like 75 to 100 snaps in those two seasons. So it's nothing that's like a very, very small sample size and struggle before that. But this is a player who in 10 games is 5-4-1 as a starter, has about a 62% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I want to be very clear here. Mason Rudolph is not a very good quarterback, but that wasn't one of the precursors to signing a backup at this point. They had to be competent. They had to be somebody who at, like, at 28, you still have some upside. He was a former third round pick. Do I think Mason Rudolph's going to come in and just tear it up? No. But this is also his second team. He's been in Pittsburgh his entire career. Maybe he just gets another offense and it fits a little bit better and he plays a lot better. That's not out of the realm of possibility. As far as like age, like very, very minimal, but maybe a slight sliver of upside, some experience, some competence. I don't hate Mason Rudolph, even though I don't think Mason Rudolph is a good quarterback. I think that that actually is one that maybe could make some sense. Joe Flacco in some capacity, and this is going to sound very, very weird, might also be in that conversation. Extremely old, no upside, but has mentored younger quarterbacks in the past, has starting experience, hasn't looked awful when he's gotten in in recent years in backup duty, more recently for the New York Jets. 
is that something that I'd be like, woohoo, they got Joe Flacco? No, but he's be an interesting signing that I do think would be a fairly good mentor for a quarterback like Jordan Love. I wouldn't hate that signing either. Blaine Gabbert, I just do you want Blaine Gabbert to be the guy that's teaching you know Jordan some of the tricks of the trade? I don't, it just doesn't seem like that's ultimately the direction you probably want to go in. Brian Hoyer's there's nothing there. Brandon Allen is a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, has had some starts in the NFL if I remember correctly. There's not a ton of upside or talent there, but at least he's been around in the league for a while, has some veteran experience, has played in the league. I don't know, as like a, again, a very, you know, minimum deal. Don't hate Brandon Allen. It fits in the cheap category. Not sure competence is totally there, but it's not totally out of the realm of possibility either. So, so far, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, all three quarterbacks that I think could fit in some capacity. How about Tim Boyle? My good friend, Tim Boyle. You knew I was going to bring up Tim Boyle, right? I, I just don't see it. I think he had his opportunity in Green Bay, had an opportunity in Detroit, had an opportunity in Chicago. If you got past all the free agent period and a lot of the guys I just talked about got picked over and you were expecting to get somebody in the draft, you go through the draft and nobody comes through, you end up just missing on the guys that you wanted. If that happens, could you maybe look at Tim Boyle if he's still on the market? Yes. But it, you're probably at that point just knowing that he knows the system, he fits the cheap threshold and you may just not have better options at that point. Does that work? I think you know Boyle's almost hitting 30 already. So it's it's probably not the play that you want to do in that scenario. If you got to the end of, you know, more towards end of draft and, and right after that point, you still didn't have a, a reasonable option and a lot of the other options got eaten up, maybe Tim Boyle could play a part there. Brett Rippon, quarterback for the Broncos, was a restricted free agent. They did not uh, pick up his restricted free agent option or tender him a restricted free agent, I guess I should say. That is a quarterback who they could look at. He's had opportunities to start, hasn't made the most of them. There's extremely limited upside there. Competence would be another question. I don't know. He could be a fit. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind the signing. I liked him coming out of college, Boise State. But again, this would be a flyer if you didn't come up with somebody in the draft and you still needed to go, go get somebody at that point. Then Kirk Benkert still out there. Uh, Kirk basically posted on Twitter that while he would be very open to coming back to Green Bay, he doesn't think Green Bay would want to go in that direction. So it doesn't sound like Green Bay is probably interested in his services at this time. I did also mention uh, the two quarterbacks from the Jets that could be in a trade. I mentioned yesterday, if you missed that show, like all the different players that could come back in a trade. I just don't see Zach Wilson happening. It would be interesting if if that was a part, a piece of the deal. I wouldn't do that if I were Green Bay. I wouldn't do that if I were the Jets. I don't think it makes a ton of sense, but it would be interesting. You get another flyer, young player, second overall pick. Not the worst possibility to back up Jordan and have those guys maybe push each other moving forward, but I just don't see that happening. And then they do have Chris Streveler as well, had a cup of coffee of snaps in the NFL. There's no real upside there, but if they threw him in the deal and said, hey, he just makes more sense for you than he does for us, fine, so be it. But you're probably just having him compete with Danny Etling for a practice squad number three quarterback position at that point. That brings us to the draft. Not going to do huge scouting reports here for everyone, but I know a lot of people are thinking like, hey, maybe Hendon Hooker in the second round from Tennessee it's not looking like Hooker may go in the first even, if not that early in the second. The other issue is he's coming off the torn ACL and you probably don't get him as a backup this year, which means you still need a backup. And I just don't think the 
the timeline of everything with his injury, his age. I just don't think it ultimately makes a ton of sense. So I don't see that direction. You've got Tanner McKee from Stanford, 6'6 junior, 28 to 15 touchdown interception ratio in his career. Some limited upside there. You know, some people see him as maybe a third round pick. Clayton Toon, 6'2 redshirt senior from Houston, not considered a super high upside prospect. Could be somebody that maybe you take later in the draft. Dorian Thompson Robinson, 6'2 redshirt senior out of UCLA, fantastic athlete a little bit of flawed mechanics. Not sure that's the perfect fit at this point. You've got Stetson Bennett out of Georgia. We mentioned Green Bay loves their Bulldogs, 5'11", 190. Slight frame, not a great arm. Redshirt senior, a little bit overaged. Could be a pick later in the draft as a potential backup right now. That would be more of like your Matt Flynn sort of choice later in the draft. I could see that maybe being a selection there. Aiden O'Connell, 6'3", 210, senior out of Purdue. He's had a few too many turnovers. Arm strength's a question. Mobility's a concern. So again, some upside there, but there's some certain, certainly some concerns there as well. Jaron Hall out of BYU. This is another player who could make some sense, but 6'1", 205. Once again, a bit undersized. Arm strength is a bit of an issue. So there's, there's not a perfect player necessarily in the draft either. If I were Green Bay right now, and just you know where we stand right now, I don't hate... The idea, as I mentioned earlier, of Mason Rudolph as it would have to be cheap. And I know like when I say these things, it's like, oh, Andy Andy was talking about on YouTube of how like he loves Mason Rudolph. No, no, mm-mm, that's not it. I He's whatever at this point. I, I've never, never watched a Mason Rudolph snap in college or in the pros and been like, yeah, that guy's really good. I like, I'm, I've never been a Mason Rudolph guy ever in my life. But if you look over the options, right, he's a big, tall quarterback with starting experience with an actual winning record. I know records aren't a QB stat and it's more the Steelers teams that were good than Mason Rudolph, but he was able to be in and be semi-competent. Like I said, he's still only 28. He's only played with one team. Maybe you get him in a different offense and something just clicks. Former third round pick, mentored, we'll say at least was there for Kenny Pickett a season ago. I, that to me is one that actually makes a little bit of sense. And on a very cheap one-year deal, okay. I would still probably go out and draft somebody. I would just, I wouldn't necessarily make it where like, oh, we're in the third round now. We got to, we got to take a quarterback. Just like, you're going to find one that's going to fall to you at some point. And if you get to the, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round and you still haven't taken one, all right, well then, you know, maybe you take a quarterback instead of like, maybe quarterbacks like eighth on your board and you've got some defensive lineman that's first on your board. Just take the quarterback at that point. It's not a big deal. So at at some point you just probably take one and then you may, let's just say it's Stetson Bennett, right? Let's just say you go into this season with Jordan Love, Stetson Bennett, Mason Rudolph, and you know, you got Danny Etling still competing. That to me is a pretty good quarterback camp in training camp. Is it ideal? No. Is it exactly what you want? No. But I do think based on where they're at, remember the job description, cheap is one of the huge things here of the job description. I don't know, Stetson Bennett, Mason Rudolph, at least you've got some interesting players that you can watch through preseason training camp. And maybe if they get into games, maybe they surprise you a little bit based on, you know, again, Rudolph's age, only playing with one team in the past. Stetson Bennett, at least, you know, led a team to a national championship and those sort of things. So those are picks that could make some sense. If you want to put in a different draft pick in a different round, by all means, you can do that. I'm not going to argue. If you want to put in a different one of the veteran quarterbacks that I mentioned that's on the cheaper side, by all means, go do that. You could do a Brett Rippon. You could do a Brandon Allen, Joe Flacco, whomever. The world is your oyster. I don't have a huge preference on any of these players. I just don't. But 
that's probably more of the direction where I would be heading just based on what's available and based on wanting to keep things super cheap at the backup quarterback position. Either way, fun topic, nothing earth shattering. Hope you still join me tomorrow for an all new episode, which will be probably a little bit more of a uh, deep dive topic than today's backup quarterback conversation. But I always appreciate you guys. Fun talking Packers, no matter what the topic is. I'll see you guys tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.